Corinthians. I guess preached on it more in the last uh, month than I have in several months. People keep asking questions about things. And I've seen people more concerned now about things than I have in ages gone by. And it's hardly not a day goes by but what somebody don't ask me something about this. They're more concerned about the signs of the times and the things that they're seeing than they ever been. And it makes me uh, realize today that they haven't been taught and they need to learn these things. And I'm going to give you some stuff tonight. You've heard part of it. You want to look at it again. But you need to know how to answer these people if they come to you about it. And so that's what you need to do. We need to answer them with the Word of God. So in Second Thessalonians, I want you to stand. We're going to chapter 2. And we're going to deal with this. I'm going to ask a question and answer that question from the Word of God tonight. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, starting with verse number 7. Amen. Usually start the first part of the chapter, but let's read verse number 7. He said, For the mystery, now there's several mysteries in the Word of God, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. According to verse number 7 and 8, that the mystery of iniquity, which is the Antichrist, is already working, but he's, he, oh, he who now letteth will let till he be taken out of the way. And that's the spirit of God. I've already taught that. Others don't. I'll tell you the difference in that tonight. But some of them uh, teach other things. Verse 9 said, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perished because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they shall believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now you be seated and let's pray. And then I'll ask the question. Father, help us tonight to rightly divide the word of truth. Help us not to add anything to the word nor take anything away. Because you said it was blessed if we stayed with what we've got. And Lord, it's a blessing. And I pray tonight, God, that you'll help us as we study the word of God together. And Lord, I pray you help us to apply it to our own lives and see the truth. And to help those, Lord, is walking in darkness and don't know. And then, Lord, some of them are saved and they still don't know the truth because they've never studied or haven't been taught. And I pray, God, tonight you open our understanding. And, Father, we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I want to ask a question, and this is a question I've been asked several times in the last, I guess, couple of weeks. And they'll say, can anybody uh, be saved after the rapture of the church? That's what they'll ask me. They ask me that question all the time. And I've had that question a lot of times. I'm going to clear that up tonight, and I'll answer it with the Word of God. Now, I want to say this tonight, just right off the top, looking at it. Uh, no, there won't be anybody saved that's heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the rapture, and I know people get this mixed up, but the rapture will be simply like a death uh, to that and tonight that's left behind. Just think about it. Do you believe tonight if you died uh, that, uh, you know, uh, do you believe tonight that the Lord's coming back? Amen. Do you believe tonight that you can change your, uh, uh, your eternal destiny after your death? Do you believe you've got another opportunity after you draw your last breath? 
No, sir. Now, some teach a place called purgatory, which you pray them out of, but there's no such thing in the Word of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord if you're saved. And if you die lost, you go to hell. And in hell, he lift his eyes. And we're not going to look in those scriptures so much, but we're going to look at that. But I'll say this. There will be people saved after the rapture of the church. And uh, there will be some that's born, you know, born during that period of time. And uh, then uh, after the rapture. But a lost man or a lost woman tonight, uh, if you've got a friend, a loved one, a brother, sister, a son, a daughter, a mother, a daddy, an uncle, or a cousin, or anybody, a friend, and they're not saved tonight, and if the rapture takes place, no doubt they've probably done heard the gospel somewhere in their lifetime. Now, there's a lot of people, I believe, in America that has not heard a gospel presentation of the gospel, or had had the good gospel. I know a lot of people that have been raised in cults and had never been taught about Jesus Christ and things of that nature. There's a possibility they could be saved after the rapture of the church if they hear the gospel. Amen. But I'm not so sure how to draw that line. Are you with me? I'm not sure how to draw that line. Now, actually, when the rapture takes place, they have already made their choice. People who are here today, when it takes place, they have made their choice. Now, I want to show you what he says. And go to verse number 12. Now, the Bible, well, let me go back to this just a minute. In verse number seven, it said, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, I've preached that for ages, and I don't see any reason to change it. I've looked at some of the other things that people say. But I believe that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's what keeps... Uh, things straight. If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost of God, no telling what you would do, Amen. nor what I'd do. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit's not here. Now you said, preacher, I believe the Holy Spirit's not going to be taken out of the way. He'll be here. Well, you, you may call that whatever you want to. But I want to say this. The Old Testament did not have the uh, Holy Spirit like we have it today. All the people in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came upon them. From time to time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. They did their great works. Everything that they did was done by the Holy Spirit. That's our power. That's the power. But in a New Testament age, in a New Testament day, in a day of grace, the Holy Spirit indwells us. And brother, we are in, indwelled by the Spirit of God. And God through His Son. And you have to look at this. And if you don't get this straight, you're going to get in trouble. In the Old Testament, basically... The God the Father, our Jehovah, deals with the people or the world. Now you find Christ in the Old Testament. You find the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. But as a general rule, Jehovah done the ruling. Amen. Throughout all the Old Testament, it was Jehovah. Now we find Christ had a three and a half, uh, well, had 33 and a half years on this earth, but three and a half year ministry. And died on the cross of Calvary. And for the little short time, he did that. But when he went back into glory on the day of Pentecost, the power of God fell on that day. And they were baptized with the Holy Ghost of God, if you will. And I'm not talking about a real baptism. But they were filled uh, to an overflowing. And they were indwelled with the Spirit. And ever since then, every believer gets birthed into the family of God. Gets the Spirit of God dwelling in them. And he's dwelling in the church. Been doing it now for 2,000 years. And so we know that one of these days when the rapture takes place, we're called out. Well, according to the Word of God, looking into, oh, in the New Testament, into the 
rapture after it takes place and into the seven-year tribulation, there will not be a dealing or a working of the Spirit of God like it does in the church, but the Spirit of God will work with everybody. Amen. Those preachers will preach and it will be by the Spirit of God. And God will give them the message of God, but the Spirit of God is going to work. So we find in that day it's going to be the day of the Lord. And the Lord then is going to do the dealings. So you find how that God broke it down. God the Father, God the Spirit in this day, and it's going to be God the Son in the tribulation. You understand that? If you don't get that figured out, you're going to get a mess on your hands. So you got to get your dispensational truth right. You got to get it all there. So I have these people ask me, and I'll say, listen, uh, what, what the Bible teaches me in the Word of God is that the Spirit's going to go out. Now somebody said, that's not going to go out. And they didn't say what they want to. But those people that teach that usually teach that the Old Testament saints were saved by works. I know some that teach that in the, the rapture, or at the rap, end of the rapture and the tribulation, that the saints are going to be uh, produced and they're going to have works. Nowhere in the Word of God do men work out their salvation. Amen. By works. I know the Bible says that in the book of Hebrews, but he's not talking about working for your salvation. The Old Testament saints were saved by one thing, faith. Abraham believed God and is counted unto him for, for righteousness. The New Testament saints are saved by one thing, faith. We believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and uh, in His blood. And the, the tribulation saints will be saved the same way, by faith. It's faith all the way. That's reading God to give us a whole chapter. Now you said, I don't believe that. Well, if you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and go down through there, it says, by faith Enoch, by faith Abel, by faith Abraham. That's the Old Testament. Amen. And the blood sacrifices that they were offering is a type of the blood sacrifice that Christ gave of himself on the cross of Calvary. And it's by faith. In the blood. The Old Testament saints by faith believed that the Messiah was coming. When we're looking back to the cross and said, thank God he came. And so it's by faith. Now, we want to clear some of these things up. I want to look at it. In verse number 12, you're going to find what happens. The Bible said in verse number 12 that they all might be damned who believed not the truth. You're going to find this. God's going to, this is the folks that are left at the rapture. These are people that are left on the earth. And it says, uh, who believed not the truth. Believed not the truth. Believed not the truth. They didn't believe the truth. And this day of grace, they didn't believe the truth. What happens when you don't believe the truth? You go to hell. Amen. But had what? Pleasure and unrighteousness. They not only did not believe the truth, but they didn't have any uh, pleasure in the righteousness of God. They had pleasure in the unrighteousness. They love to live wicked, love to live without God. And when God comes through the, or when the Lord comes through the rapture, those people will be left behind and they're going to be people who believe not the truth and had no pleasure in unrighteousness. We'll find a little bit more about them in verse number 10. The Bible said, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, they were deceived. Uh, they, because it goes on said in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth. They didn't receive the Lord. 
They didn't receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. In other words, they rejected God's plan of redemption through the blood of Christ. And then they trampled that blood under their feet. And brother, God has no uh, alternative but to say, depart from me. So the rapture takes place. They're left. Now, God says in verse number 12, well, he said in verse number 11, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. Now, I heard one preacher say that what happens is the devil deceives them. Well, he, he actually didn't. He said that uh, he, the devil deceives them, and that's what it is. God gives them a delusion, and that is the deception. And I said there's a difference between delusion and deception. A delusion is uh, something that happens. You look at this for a minute. Delusion, you'd have a delusion for by three different methods. One is a medical problem. Some people have delusions. and In other words, they lose their mind. And that's what basically is going to happen. God's going to change their mind and they'll lose their mind to a certain degree. And it can happen through medical. It can happen through a neurological thing. And it can happen just by a plain mental disorder. And I believe that's what's going to happen. God's going to give them a mental disorder. And when they're, when the rapture's taken out and the saints are gone and the Holy Spirit's gone, then uh, they're just going to explain it all. They're not going to even search or look to be saved. Because God has given them that strong delusion. You've got to remember this just a minute. Let's back up and let me give you something here to think on. In the New Testament, when uh, we have the... We, we, we started the church, or we didn't, but they started the church with Jews. Those Jews were coming out of a transition of law. They were coming out of a transition of Old Testament. It was a brand new thing for them, and for a little while, they had a little trouble trying to get adjusted to that. We're going to see basically the same thing happen at the end of the Day of Grace. That adjustment's going to be hard to get to. And we're seeing some of that today to a certain degree. I'm not saying we're going through any of the tribulation, but I'm going to say that we're going to have some things. That, and that's what's happening now. People's asking questions. They wouldn't ask questions a few years ago. People didn't care. They didn't think about going out of here. But now we're going to have it. Now, I want to give you some things here. They trample the blood on their feet, so God does His part. And if you think that that won't happen, you don't think that God won't give them a strong delusion that they cannot be saved, you got another thing coming. I want to give you some Bible places in the Word of God where it's happened already. I want you to take your Bible tonight and we're going to go into the book of Daniel. Over in the book of Daniel, please, for a minute. And you'll see something that sounds strange. Some of the things that you see in the Word of God are actually just plain strange, aren't they? Amen. Now we're living in a day of grace. It's, it's strange about a lot of other things, but it's not strange these things. And so we're looking at this. And let's look at, uh, at Daniel chapter 4. We remember Nebuchadnezzar. Do you remember him? He was a great king, a mighty king. He was one of the greatest of the empires that was uh, come along. But I want you to notice tonight in chapter 4 and verse number 28. We're going to read a little bit. If you don't think that God can do this to these people that's left here, and I'm saying tonight, if you've got friends and loved ones, we don't know when the rapture's going to take place. I don't. 
But I always tell people there's several reasons why you need to make sure you're saved today. Number one, you're not promised another day. You may die for tomorrow. And you have to go out into eternity. I don't care where you're 10, 15, 25, 35, 45, or 100, but you're going to, you may not live another day. So you need to prepare today. Today's the day of salvation. Another reason you need to make sure everything's right is because the Lord could come at any moment. Nobody in this building can tell me that He's not coming in another, in, in, at any moment. And amen. At any time He could come. So we need to prepare. But look, won't you look at chapter 4 and verse 28 of the book of Daniel. The Bible said, and all this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. Now he's got the dream, the vision, and so forth, and the interpretation. And look at verse 29. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? You see his pride? Notice what it said in verse 31. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. It's over. King Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom's through. Notice verse 32. And they shall drive thee from men. And thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen. And seven times, that's seven years, shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Do you see that tonight? Now some people, and I've heard them preach it different, and I don't pay much attention to these folks. I don't follow what people preach if they don't back it up with the Word of God. They said this was not actually... He didn't get out in the field and eat grass. You can say that if you want to, but I believe the book. I believe the book. Said in verse 33, the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass, his oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding, what? Return. What happened is our understanding. God took it. Amen. I mean, he, 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 he lost it. He said, his understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that uh, liveth forever, whose dom- d- dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is for, from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are re- uh, reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And uh, a man none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Look at verse 36. And the same time, at the same time, my reason returned unto me. Did you know God can change your reasoning? Amen. God can take what you think tonight away from you and you just be a nut. Some of us already are, but uh, amen. We could be nuttier, I guess. God take all that away from us, and He did that. But look at what the rest of it says. And for thy, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me. 
And my counselors and my lords sought unto, uh, sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth, and His ways judgment, and those that walk in pride He is able to abase. Now, we can see that. Let's look at something else tonight. Now, right now, the devil is sending deception and blinding the minds of men that they will not accept Christ. But after the rapture of the church, God can turn and do the same thing and not deceive them, but cloud their minds and mess up their minds that they will not seek the Lord. Right now, the devil's in control. One of these days, the Lord will be. Now, let's look at something else in this. To, to notice it tonight. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 19. In Genesis chapter 19, I want to give you several instances just to show you that God can, He has, and He will do it again. In Genesis chapter 19, this is a story of Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember the story? There was two angels in verse number 1 of chapter 19 that came down to see Lot. And uh, he was sitting at the gate, and uh, he took those two angels in. And the Bible said in verse number 2, And he said, Behold, now my Lord's turn in, I pray you into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Look at verse number 3, And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they unto the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. Notice verse 10. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they weird themselves to find the door. Now these two angels touched them. They couldn't see. Now God can do that in the spiritual part of the minds of men. God can touch their mind that they can't see the truth. Go with me tonight in the Word of God to Genesis chapter 11. Back up into Genesis chapter 11. We get to Genesis chapter 11. I want to look at something here. And I pray that the Lord might show us something. In chapter 11 verse 1. The Bible said, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, 
Go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now the Bible said in verse 5, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men build. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. And the Bible said, So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. They couldn't understand each other. Can't God do that? Amen. That's how God can do it. And that's what He'll do to these that are left behind have have rejected Him. Turn over, would you, tonight in the book of Acts. Into the book of Acts. I'll just show you a few instances, lots of times that we don't take time to look at. We're going to chapter 12 of the book of Acts. In Acts chapter number 12, we want to start reading down around verse number 20. When you get to Acts 12, 20, the Bible said, And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. He spoke there. Amen. When I think of that, I think about the Pope standing at his window and making his little orations. And the people gave a shout saying, It's the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. The reason I'm mentioning these is because I've talked with a few and I said God will give them strong delusion and they will not be saved. There are going to be people saved in the tribulation. But it's not people that's heard the gospel message. And rejected the Lord Jesus Christ because the day of grace is over. And that's where I'm saying, uh, here's is the part of the coming out of grace and getting in to the tribulation. And from one trip, from one dispensation to another, there's some, amen, getting adjusted to it, if you will. That's a better way or, or a simple way for me to say it. So we see all that. Can I read you some more? Go to Romans chapter 1. You get to Romans, Romans chapter 1, we'll see a little bit. This is a, what we are having a lot of today. And we're seeing this all the time. And if God can do it at the rapture, He's already doing it today. And this is probably more uh, ironclad than any of the others. I mentioned all of them's right. But I want you to go to chapter 1 of the book of Romans. When we get down into verse number 24... The Bible said, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. 
In other words, when God gives you up to it, in other words, He gives it over to you, go ahead and do what you want to do, through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. God gave them up to that, up to uncleanness. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affection. First time He gives them up to uncleanness. Second time, because they don't get any better and they just keep getting worse, He gives them up to vile affections. You know what your affection That's what you love. Vile means wicked. And we're living in a time when people's affections are vile and wicked. Amen. And it says, For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And you look at, over that lightly if you want to. But in the Old Testament, God said that was an abomination. God says, I detest that. God is bothered with men running with men and women running with women. That's an abomination. It wasn't so in the beginning. God didn't set that up. He made Adam and then he made Eve and he put them together. Amen. And that's the way it is. So it kept getting worse and getting worse. And by the way, let me tell you what. The wickedness of the devil, he's trying to lay the platform and he's doing it. And he's doing a good job if he's ever done anything called a good job. He's, done, he's doing, I guess, what I say is a good, bad job. And it says here tonight in verse number 28, And even as they did not, to, did not like to retain God. In other words, keep God in their mind. As they did not desire God in their mind or in their knowledge. Where's your knowledge come from? Your mind. There's something wrong with the people's minds today. And it ain't because God has given them delusion. It's because the devil has deceived them. Understand that? God gave them over to a reprobate mind. When God turns you over to a reprobate mind, He's left you alone. There's a lot of people in America tonight, and around the world too, have been left alone. God don't fool with them. I've always said as long as a man can breathe, as long as he's got breath, there's always hope, and I preach to him. But there's a great possibility tonight that there's multitudes that we preach to that could not because God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. And after you come to a reprobate mind, all that's on your mind is ungodliness and wickedness. And you love unrighteousness and not the things of God. And that's the crowd that God's going to say, hey, give you strong delusion. Now, they won't all be that way. Amen. But there's going to be a strong delusion come to every one of them that's not saved. You understand what I'm saying tonight? And it said, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, without, notice that, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, who knowing the judgment of God, they know they're going to have to face God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, 
not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do. We don't care what God says. We're going to live it up for ourselves. And that's where we are in society. Would, would that not uh, describe where we are tonight? And so we find that God has sent strong delusion. Now, I want to go to the other side of the track tonight just a little bit. I don't want to uh, leave you hanging in this kind of place. I trust tonight that there wouldn't be nobody in this building left if the, if the rapture took place tonight. Amen. I trust that if the Lord comes before Sunday that they wouldn't have nobody here. Amen. I trust that. I believe that. I hope that. I mean, I'd like to believe it. But there's a possibility somebody might get left behind. I want you to turn over to show you that God can work with your mind. You see, God can help me or God can curse my mind. Every child of God who seeks the face of God, God will enlighten us. He enlightens us with the Scriptures and the Word of God and the Spirit. And uh, how many times have God showed you things in the Bible that you've never seen before? And you're thankful and grateful for Him. Now look here. Turn in the book of 2 Kings. I'm going to read you something that ought to stir you up a little bit. stirs me every time I read it. We're going to... The sixth chapter of Second Kings. I'm going to give you a couple of illustrations or a couple of uh, instances in the Word of God. I'll give you more, but that's all I'll take time for tonight. Second Kings chapter six, verse thirteen. Elisha's in 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 play. He's took over the man of God's job. I'm talking about Elijah, and he wanted a double portion of the Spirit of God, and he got it. But in verse number 13, it said, And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Now, just remember this. Verse 14 said, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. Now, this is enemies after Elisha. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. Now he's looking out. I mean, they've encamped around him. He's got a big bunch of enemy come in during the night. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? He got disturbed. And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, can you just see that little feller? I looked out there and see that big army, but I don't see none for us. And then it said in verse number 17, And Elisha, what? Prayed. And said, Lord, I pray thee, what's this? Open his eyes. <laughs> God can open your eyes sometimes when you don't even see nothing around you. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. He couldn't see them until God opened his eyes. <laughs> Amen. So God can do that for us too tonight as a child of God in this wicked world. Turn with me to Daniel.
Daniel chapter 3. The devil gets after us sometimes. I don't know where he gets after you or not, but he gets after me. Stays on my case sometimes. Somebody said the devil don't bother me. That's because he's already got you. Amen. Uh, you twist the hair on his head, and I'll guarantee you he'll he'll holler out and he'll be after you. Yeah, done nothing to upset him. I want to keep his I want to keep his up his apple cart upset. In Daniel chapter number three, the three Hebrew children were supposed to bow before the image, and they didn't. Instead of anything, when the music sounded, they stood a little taller. And in verse number 22, the Bible said, Therefore became, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace as bound. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. And rose up in the haste, or rose up in haste, and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. Four men loose. They just throwed in bound. But I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. See, God can open or close our minds. God can open our way of escape or He can close it. And beloved, tonight, that's why I wanted to use that here. I stand just about that much, you know, it's just a thin edge, every one of us being ignoramuses. If God took His hand off of us. That's right. Amen. So I want to stay with God. Did you notice, and I didn't mention it when I come down through it, but did you notice most every one of those that God touched and brought to judgment and closed their minds were men who were filled with pride and did not or honor or glorify God. And we're living in a wicked hour tonight when people don't pay any attention to God. And brother, God won't tolerate that. He will not tolerate it. So these, and I, that may, you may not have had no problem with this already, but... I just want to give you that. Give these people that when they when you see it. God can delude their mind. He can give them a delusion. And they won't even desire to be saved. Amen. I know people today, I, I sit under a pastor one time. And I don't know all the workings and details of this. But we had the pastor and he was a sweet man. Loved God. Preached strong. And he came and never missed a service and preached all the time. And his wife would come to church and she claimed and said she is lost. And she sat in every service with him. She is faithful with him. And she'd tell you that she is lost. And they've talked to her and they say, what? why don't you get saved? She said, you know, I wish I could. She said, I was a young lady and God spoke to me and I rejected God and I kept rejecting God and I'd go to meeting after meetings and the Holy Spirit would deal with me. But she said, one day I went to church and the Holy Spirit would never deal with me again and said, I don't, I go to meetings and they just shout and praise God and it don't even stir me no more. 
I've always thought as long as man's got, and I've said this before, I believe you can do that. I believe God, if you, you know, you keep rejecting him, you, God will quit working and dealing with you. I just don't like to say these people like that, but they are. But I never will forget that, and I thought that's awful. She died, and as far as we know, went to hell. Because she never even, nothing bothered her. Just, she could sit under strong preaching, and the Holy Spirit, people come down and get, I've seen four or five get saved, and she just sat there, just looked. And she was faithful to her husband, but she didn't have no, no remorse on anything in her life. Now, God can do that to a man or woman. And we're in a day of grace, and somebody said that's sin in the way you day of grace. I don't like to preach that, even though it's a good possibility you could. I'm not going to play around. When God turns them over reprobate mind, tell me about that. Can they get in then? Amen. It depends on whether they call upon the Lord or not, and how they're going to call upon the Lord if they can't listen to Him no more. Don't pay no attention. There's people tonight... They would defy you. You, they, you couldn't get them saved for nothing. And God said that's the kind that is going to have strong delusion. Some of them will go along with the flow. Amen. Maybe that sounds a little strange to you tonight, but amen. I believe the Word of God backs up what I just said. I appreciate it. I've been preaching that for years and years. Amen. All right. Heads bowed and eyes closed. As long as a man's a breathing, I'm going to try my best to preach to him like he's never heard the gospel before. Trust that God will save him. I'm not going to mark anybody off. I don't believe we should.